This week's message, given by Pastor Stephen Young at the Sucker Son of United Methodist Church, December 17th, 2023. The message is, do you taste what I taste? Based on 1 Peter 2, 2-3 and Luke 2, 8-12. Uh, it's good to be with you today. Would you join me as I pray? Lord, we thank you for this time of Advent, a time to be still and know that you are God, time to prepare our hearts and minds. So here we are, Lord. Open our hearts and minds. Make this time a time of peace and calm to prepare a time to think about what happened all those hundred years ago and what it means to us today. As we listen to the words of Scripture, we want to learn the way of peace, the way of hope, the way of joy in Christ. We pray all this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So as we begin... I want to invite you to guess what I am describing. This has a warm, spiced flavor with delicate sweetness, often characterized by notes of cinnamon, nutmeg, and ginger. Who am I? What is this? Yeah, you're talking about your favorite Christmas food, right? Um, gingerbread. Well, that was the easiest one, so. <laughs> How about this? This has a rich, oozy taste infused with the spices and a blend of soaked dried fruits, creating a dense, warmly spiced dessert with subtle sweet notes. Exactly, wow, that's great. No, actually, it wasn't. It's very similar. No. Repeat it. Rich, boozy taste infused with spices, blend of soaked dried fruits. Christmas pudding. Here's the last one. It's a harmonious blend of rich, creamy, sweet, mildly spiced flavors with nutmeg and cinnamon, which tasted like custard or melted vanilla ice cream to me personally. What is this? Eggnog, yes. That was, that was um, eggnog. Well, when it comes to uh, Christmas cuisine, I understand each family has different tastes and traditions. But do any of you have a dish or food that sort of represent the taste of Christmas to you and your family? Perhaps this is something whose flavor signals this season. Or it may be an essential part of your 
Christmas party or feast shared with your loved ones, family and friends. Can you imagine spending this entire season without any chance to taste it? Wouldn't it feel like something important is missing or incomplete? Over the last couple of Sundays in our Advent series, Experiencing Christmas, we explored how the sights and sounds of Christmas shape the way we experience Christmas. Especially how those visual symbols and sounds signal the coming of Christmas. Some of you may love the carol, Away in a Manger, we just sang this morning which includes the line in verse 2, the cattle are lowing, the poor baby wakes, but the little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. You know, this carol vividly captures the sensory images and sounds we envision when picturing this first Christmas based on the nativity story. But consider the verse, Little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. Have you ever encountered a baby that never cries? You know, crying is their way of talking, their means of communication. I'm wet, so change my diaper. I'm hungry, feed me right now. So why isn't baby Jesus crying when he wakes up? It implies that his mother Mary nursed and gave him his first meal. You know, as Christians, picturing Jesus being nursed by Mary might feel uncomfortable to think about. Not to mention Mary having her first meal after enduring long hours of labor and delivery in the stable. You know, it seems almost too trivial or even too human for some of us to imagine. Today's Gospel, Luke chapter 2, paints a vivid picture of biblical characters along with the various sounds and voices in the story of Jesus' birth. But it doesn't really tell us anything about the sense of taste on the first Christmas. It seems they forgot to mention the flavor of this wondrous day. Obviously, the foods we associate with Christmas celebrations today were not part of the first Christmas, but a result of evolving historical and cultural traditions. In fact, there is no reference to food in the nativity stories, but within the timeless gospel narrative, we can sense an enduring taste, a flavor that captures the joy of Christmas. Just as hope is closely tied to what we see and peace to what we hear, we talked about sound of peace last Sunday, I believe the essence of joy as witnessed by the gospel is most well captured by the sense of taste. In other words, joy finds its finest expression in what we taste. 
Think about the taste of your favorite Christmas desserts, or the taste of a special dish that brings back the memories of your childhood. For me, it's kimbap, which is kind of Korean style of sushi. It's a sushi that comes with uh, seaweed. When I was in elementary school, the the sight of my mother preparing kimbap signaled a special day, like a school picnic or you know field trip. It means something exciting was about to happen on that day. The joy experienced while savoring each. Ingredient in kimbap wasn't just about its flavor, though. It encompassed excitement and expectation. The taste of kimbap evoked a sense of joy and delight beyond just the physical sensation of taste. Friends, this morning I invite you to join me in envisioning joy as a flavor. Envisioning joy as a flavor. It might be a challenging exercise for some, but consider this: if joy had a taste, how would you describe it? If joy had a taste, what does it taste like? What might the joy of Christmas taste like? I want to invite you to imagine as you listen to this message. And think about it during this week. According to a food expert, what determines a taste is actually a combination of various factors, such as ingredients, textures, smell, temperature, and even your feelings at the moment. One of the fundamental factors is, though, is, is ingredients and seasoning. Specifically, chemical compounds in food that interact with taste receptors. What is called the what is called the taste receptors on your tongue, which enables us to taste the sense, the basic taste, like a sweet, sour, salty, spice, spicy. Oily. So, what are the fundamental components of joy that truly represent the essence of Christmas? The essential ingredients can be found within the acronym J O Y. The joy. The joy. The first letter J stands for, as we know, Jesus. Embodying the heart of Christmas joy. One of my favorite stories of Christmas stories is a mother who introduces her children, preschool children, to the essence of Christmas. She brought home a a small wooden man, manger scenes, need to be set. The kids adore rearranging the figurines and you know in play, playful playful ways, and often causing them. To disappear and reappear in unexpected places. Notably, the figurine of Jesus frequently vanished. On Christmas Day, despite searching, Jesus was nowhere to be found. And the mother asked her children. The daughter was clueless. 
the, the, the other child, two-year-old son, led her to his bed, revealing Jesus where? Beneath his uh, pillow. I'm sure you heard this story before. What a heartwarming gesture he made. You know, bedtime can be daunting for children. Darkness looms and they feel isolated and fearful. And yet this young boy felt safe and secure because Jesus was with him. And friends, that's the good news of Christmas. That's the good news of Jesus Christ who came as the Emmanuel. We find that incredible truth expressed with this magnificent words in the Gospel of Luke. That we read today. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah and the Lord. Here is the great truth of Christmas. This is a great promise of Christmas. The, the great joy of Christmas wrapped in. On one word, Emmanuel. God is with us. You know, these days... It almost became a cliche to say that Jesus is a season for the reason. Friends, you cannot prepare and taste kimbap without kim. Kim is a seaweed. It's impossible to prepare and taste beef stew, beef stew without beef, or shrimp scampi without shrimps. It's impossible to fully taste the joy of Christmas without the presence of Jesus. We talked about Jesus a lot. We heard about Jesus a lot. But let us not just talk about him. Let us not just hear about him. Let us take him in. Let us embrace him. Welcome him into our hearts, into our lives. So we can taste the goodness of the Lord as 1 Peter indicates in, in the letter. Secondly, the first Christmas joy is about Jesus, the presence of Jesus. The secondly, Christmas joy is about second letter O, which represent others. Not only those you love and cherish, your family and friends, close friends, but also the least of these brothers and sisters of Christ. Find ways to embrace them. Find ways to embrace others during this season of Advent and Christmas. Again, it's about paying attention to Christ. Not about getting attention from others. When we do this to the least of these brothers and sisters of Christ. We do this to Christ. It's about paying attention to Christ. When we do this mission work, like giving trees, Christmas dinner, the warmth of tree, bringing uh, gloves and hats for the homeless, we do this as a way of paying attention to Christ. And that's a way of embracing others during this season of Advent and Christmas. Lastly, Christmas joy is about why. 
Why represent you? It's about you. It's about us whom God so loved and gave his only begotten son. That's the depth of love that Jesus, God showed to us. During this hustle and bustle of holiday season, friends, find ways to embrace yourself. Find ways to embrace yourself. Find ways to allow your soul to breathe in the presence of God. Find ways to rest in Christ, whose yoke is light and easy. So we can find a true rest in Christ. Find ways to embrace yourself. These three ingredients that I just mentioned, joy, Jesus, others, and you, yourself. These three ingredients assures us of the relational nature of joy. As we watch from this video this morning, joy is not just a fleeting sense of happiness. It's more than our emotion. Joy is grounded in relationship. Relationship with Jesus, relationship with others, and relationship with ourselves. One of the things that we discover from the gospel is the awareness that joy is about relationship with someone that goes beyond our self-indulgent pleasure and happiness. Joy attends to something that is bigger than us. The key essence of joy is, therefore, connection. Joy doesn't come from the positive predictions about the state of the world or our life circumstance. It doesn't depend on ups and downs of the circumstances of our lives. Joy is based on the spiritual knowledge that even though the world in which we live it's covered in darkness. Those situations cannot define us. No matter what's taking place in our lives, those circumstances cannot define us. What defines us is that our, our relationship with the Savior brought joy for all people. Friends, if this joy is for all the people as the angel witness, what does it have to do with us today? What does that joy look like for someone who is not experiencing happy uh, or favorable life circumstances? What does that joy look like for those who are going through a difficult time during this holiday season? What is the recipe for the joy of Christmas? In his book, Henley Nowen writes, when we are crushed like grapes, we cannot think of the wine we will become. The sorrow overwhelms us, makes us throw ourselves on the ground, face down, sweat drops of blood, then we need to be reminded that our cup of sorrow is also our cup of joy. And that one day we will be able to taste the joy as fully as we now taste the sorrow. And friends, our Christian community, our church family, journeys with us as we embrace our cup of sorrow 
and realize it's also a cup of joy we will share together someday. I got this um, special recipe book made by our church family. I don't know if somebody, some of you uh, remember, recall this recipe book. Uh, some of you actually contribute to this book entitled Season with Love. What a perfect name for the recipe book. It's filled of all kinds of recipes. I find, um, you know, some of the recipes uh, for the meats and main dishes and desserts, breads and cakes, all kinds, all kinds. I hear of... Uh, some of you actually contributed to this uh, recipe, but I see Pastor uh, Mary Lou Valentine. I see um, recipe from Christy Waldron, lamb saute with peanut sauce. Some of us, uh, some of our church members who have gone before us. I see uh, recipe for broccoli and rice from Peggy Grow. I see broccoli casserole recipe from Jocelyn Hughes. There are a lot of uh, great recipes here. You know, of course, nowadays we can access all, all the recipe. From YouTube, you know, those recipes are from a world-class chefs. We can always access those recipes. But what's special about this recipe book is that these recipes are from our church family, from their uh, personal cooking history, sometimes passed down through generations. And when you savor that dish, it's not merely about the taste. It embodies a sense of connection, belonging, and shared experience of joy felt while enjoying that meal. You know, there might be a hundred, hundred ways of making a casserole. You might have your own recipe to make your casserole, but you cannot prepare and taste the casserole without its main ingredients. Friends, do not miss the three main ingredients that we talked about this morning. Joy. Let us prepare Christmas with joy, with our deepening relationship with Jesus, others, and ourselves. May our church be enriched with overflowing recipes to the joy of Christmas and share it with the world so we can share the, the goodness of the Lord and help them to taste what we taste as the people of Christmas joy. Amen.